Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. There is no end, there is no beginning, there is only the passion of life. Federico Fellini. And I'm like, I really want to go, I have my tent unzipped, I'm looking out there, the sunrise is coming over, the wind's blowing off the peak, and I gotta go. So I'm like, hey lunch, you know, are you, do you think I can go? Like, do you think I'll make it? Um, and then this other guy there, his wife didn't want to go, but he, I forget where he's from. I want to say Denmark, but uh, if you're listening, I'm sorry, I forgot. Uh, but uh, he and I went up there together. It was awesome. We got up there, not for sunrise, it was like 11 or something. Beautiful, absolutely, a, a, just, just incredible. Um, but I couldn't stay up there that long because my tongue started to tingle and I got a headache. And I had no idea at the time, but that's like really bad signs, like altitude sickness, of like brain swelling. I'm Doc. And this is the John Freaking Muir Pod. Welcome to the John Freaking Muir Pod. Lace up those boots and sling on the pack for a romp through trails, short and long. With your host and Renaissance man, Doc, it's time to embrace the suck. Welcome back to another week on the trail, Dirt Bags and Hiker Trash. I'm Doc, and this is the John Freaking Muir Pod. Let's start off with a reminder. If you are enjoying the podcast, take just a minute, help us out, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're not enjoying the pod, well, just go ahead and keep that to yourself. All right. This week, we are talking to an aspiring triple crowner who has funneled his trail expertise and passion into the hiking apparel industry. Welcome to the John Freaking Muir Pod, Bennett Fisher. How's it going, Bennett? Hey, I'm having a great night. Good to be here. I'm really excited to talk to you because I always love to talk to people who have found a way to take their passion and make a career out of it. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a journey uh, ever since 2015. I, I knew I wanted to do something in this industry, and I'm, I'm glad to have created something to create my own position for myself. <laughs> 
right? Now, so I know from our uh, correspondence that you've got some serious trail miles under those uh, under those feet of yours. Have you picked up a trail name along the way? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. on day nine of the Appalachian Trail, I got the trail name Jolly. Jolly. That makes sense. That makes sense <laughs> since the company we're going to be talking about tonight is Jolly Gear. Absolutely. So how did you come by Jolly? Yeah. So like I said, it was day nine of the AT. And uh, me and my dad did the through hike together. Uh, and we're doing a little bit of a weird flip-flop because my dad got sick. So uh, day nine, we're in New Jersey with all these Nobos. And they all have trail names. They're all like, you don't have a trail name yet? What's going on? Like, you got to have a name. We're sitting around this trail magic. And they're just spitting names at me. And I, this is 2015, uh, right after I graduated high school. So I'm very young. I'm 18 years old. Uh, you know, I don't have a budget. Uh, my dad's got the budget and the planning and all that stuff. I'm very carefree and just uh, happy to be there. So people were trying to give me names like Positive or Sunshine. I was like, no, I don't feel like that's that fits. And I'm leaving the trail magic. And at the time, I was carrying Jolly Ranchers in my hip belt pocket, which is funny because that's the only thing that could fit in these hip belt pockets, this old backpack. Uh only that they could fit. And I, I, hey, you guys want some Jolly Ranchers? As I left the trail magic and everyone's like, that's it, Jolly. So a little bit of personality, a little bit of, uh, you know, on trail, what I was doing. So I think it's a perfect fit. It just clicked. That's awesome. Uh-huh. Now, Jolly, I have to, I have to tell you that. So in 2015, you were 18. We're now in 2022. I just, just having, you know, just looking at you, I would not say that you're 25 years old. I am. Yeah. 25, the long hair and the beard help (laughs) Help mask the the age a little. So my sometimes uh, infrequent co-host and my own son, Jukebox, he is also Mm -hmm. 25 years old and you know, I, I just can't see it. I can't see it. So you you (laughs) present a little bit bit older. Yeah. I feel old. Holy cow. (laughs) <laughs> the amount of health stuff I've had to deal with and like getting off trail, which we'll talk about. I mean, golly, my body sometimes doesn't like to doesn't like to do what I want. <laughs> oh, it sounds like we've got some type two fun in our in our future here. Absolutely. It's maybe right. some type three. Some stuff is not fun to talk about. So, but we'll get agree. to that. Love it. Love it. All right. Hey, Jolly, have you had a chance to listen to the podcast before? I have heard your snippets on Instagram, but I've not sat down with a full episode. I usually, and this is nothing against you, I usually stock up my my podcasts. So when I'm on trail, I have unlimited podcasts to listen to. Okay. Well, I'm I'm taking it personal. You don't you, you <laughs> download a bunch of episodes and, and get familiar. Well wait wait till next time I'm uh, on the CDT again and I'll be I'll be blazing through all these uh, episodes. Okay. Fantastic. We got some excellent guests like yourself. Uh, lots of lots of funny stories, dramatic stories, uh, a lot of human interest stories. So good, real good stuff. Well, but I'm excited. Only... Go ahead. I'm excited because, uh, well, Professor, of course, yeah. we've become friends now. I'm excited to listen to his his journey a little bit more in detail. And uh, Ballstack, who you had on recently yeah. also. Uh, I don't know if, if she mentioned that she, she was at my house not too long ago uh, when she was passing through Utah. So yeah, connections with, with two people there that you've had on, and uh, I'd lo- I can't wait to hear the stories and, and unbox yeah. that. I don't think Balsack dropped your name, but uh, certainly <sighs> I, I had a hunch that you and Professor might know each other because he is sporting jolly gear all the time. I mean, he he is representing out there. Yeah, he has been rocking that shirt for, 
I mean, it's definitely over 6,000 miles. Um, but since like week two of his, of his through hike or his calendar triple on the Florida trail. So lots of miles on that shirt. And I keep trying to get him a new one and he's like, no, I got to finish in the orange. I'm like, that's awesome. So, so it's talking about getting, getting professor a new shirt. You currently are wearing a, a new piece of gear there. This is going to air in mid November, but, but as we are recording tonight in mid October, I'm getting a, a look at uh, some new, some new jolly gear. Yeah, very sneak peek. Uh, this shirt is going to be on Garage Run Gear's website as an exclusive color. And once they sell out, they're gone. So uh, it's the nice Teton Moonrise. Uh, and I really like this pattern, actually. Uh, you know, of course, I like it. But uh, it shocked me how much I love the sleeve color and, and the lightness of the, the sleeves. And the, it's, it's green sun hoodie. And I, I'm very excited about that. It looks pretty slick, man. That's exciting. Now, I only asked you if you had listened to any episodes because I want to make sure that you are aware of a segment we do towards the end of each episode called the Pro Tip Insight of the Week. And that's where I will turn to you, Jolly, and ask you to share some trail wisdom with our listeners to make their next outdoor experience even better. So don't be surprised when we get there. Okay. I can tell you one right now, but I might might use it up. So I'll I'll hold on to it. You are expected to drop trail wisdom throughout the episode, but you will be on a hook on the hook for the official pro tip at the end. So don't, uh, don't, okay. don't I won't, I won't say this one thing, this one thing I'm thinking of, I won't say it till the very end. Hold that week. nugget in reserve for when we get there. Deal. Okay. The must bring gear review. Hey Jolly. Another feature we've been doing this season is the must bring gear review sponsored by the ultralight backpacking gear company, six moon designs. Are you familiar with them? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 We, we hung out at outdoor retailer of this past summer. And nice. uh, awesome, awesome people. Uh, yeah. Just really good. Just in party animals, I might add. There are oh, some party animals over All there. Right. So if you want your gear from uh, an ultralight backpacking gear company who are also party animals, then Six Moon Designs is, is the company for you. Absolutely. So here's how it works. If you were to let a stranger pack your bag with pretty much generic gear for a multi-day hike, what is the one specific piece of gear you'd insist on being packed? If you've got a particular brand for that specific piece of gear, even better. So, Jolly, what do you have to have with you out there? What's your must-bring piece of gear? I mean, come on, it's got to be a triple crown button-down by Jolly Gear. No, um, <laughs> little <laughs> plug. No, I'll be wearing that anyway. So, there, there you go. When they're packing my bag, I'll already have one of those on. I'm gonna go with Golly, uh, Sea to Summit Eros Pillow. I gotta have a pillow. If I don't have a pillow, I've forgotten it a couple times on like a, a three night or something. And I get a bad trick in my neck to trying to like sleep on my tent, like take the tent bag and, and sleep on that. Uh, absolutely a pillow. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, a great recommendation in my, I think there's an evolution of, of, of hikers through hikers out there. They, they start with kind of some standard gear. They learn from mistakes and they, they try and go ultra light uh, in my case, I tried to go too ultralight. I gave up comfort uh, mm-hmm. uh, in, in exchange for for you know uh, less pounds, and I found myself with a stuff sack. Put some clothes in there, trying to use that as a pillow, and it's it's just not the same. It's it's not, and oh, I love I love that pillow. I've 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 used the same one on all my through hikes. It was one of the first pieces of gear that I keep using. Now the same exact one, you know, I've had to buy a couple more, but. The one thing from the AT to the CDT that was in my pack the whole time. I think there's only like three of them, and that's one of them. So, okay. Now, when you're out there, what on a long trail like the the CDT or the AT, what is your pack weight? What's your base weight? Oh, 
I've gotten it down to seven and a half. Wow. Yeah. With the pillow. <laughs> With the pillow. Well, the pillow is just a couple ounces, right? So Yeah, it's like 2.5. I think they, every year they lower. It's like 2.29 or something. Uh-huh. So seven pounds. I mean, what is your secret to getting down that low? What what uh, what kinds of gear do you have in that bag? Have you cut your, your toothbrush in half? Are you drilling holes in the handle? What's going on? I do cut my toothbrush. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's been a culmination of everything I've learned from, from thousands of miles of backpacking. And if you look back through photos from my through hikes, it's, you know, the AT I'm carrying a 65 liter massive four pound backpack. And then my first PCT attempt I'm carrying, you know, an Osprey Exos, which is definitely getting more ultra light, but still a little bit heavier, a little bit uh, beefier backpack. And, and then, uh, you know, I go from a freestanding tent to a trekking pole tent and from a sleeping you know, mummy bag to a quilt. And I've always slept on a Z-Lite. I've never uh, gotten out of uh, onto an inflatable. I, uh, well, I, I did for, for 700 miles and it pops just like I knew it would. And I haven't went back. So uh, yeah, cutting the Z light down and uh, yeah, it's really though, it's an investment, right? It's, it's, this is not just a hobby anymore. It's been something I've done for the past seven years. And, you know, whenever I am getting ready for another trail, okay, how can I save a few ounces here and there? And yeah. And and I do forego some luxuries of course. And, and uh, kind of try some things out this last trail on the CDT. Golly. I'm I'm stoked about this one. I think more people should hop on it. Is uh getting rid of the rain jacket and the footprint for your tent and we're rocking a Z Packs uh poncho, ground ground sheet poncho. Uh that thing was awesome. Dual dual purpose gear. Exactly. And that's ultralight, right? That, that's that's ultralight right? mindset. Yeah. yeah. So I, I got that thing and really, you know, it, it rained on us quite a bit and that thing was so good. And I, and I switched to a Gossamer gear tent. So the footprint on that thing, or the, you know, the bathtub super thin and, and that, uh, so I was co- uncomfortable. And so I was like, dang, I got to carry a ground sheet now. And that tarp, that poncho, really cool. Yeah. In an, in a nod to my sponsor, six moon designs, I just got the, right. the, uh, Gatewood Cape, which similar, uh, purpose. I mean, uh-huh. it's, a, it's a tent yeah. as it's a trekking pole tent, 11 ounces. And you can also wear it as rain gear. That's awesome. Maybe I need a swap. I'm I'm open to that. I'm on the poncho. I'm on the poncho train now. <laughs> poncho train. Nice. Nice. Hey, and to so what's your appetite? <laughs> to what's your appetite for a few episodes to download for your next uh CDT adventure? Um you reminded me of one of my favorite guests, uh Ginger Balls, Triple Crowner. Have you have you heard of him? I have not. No. I have not. So he he was US Navy and he he was in there. He retired as a lieutenant commander in the Navy. And he got the he got the long trail bug in his mind about ten years before he retired, and it just kind of festered in there. And he mm-hmm. he decided he was going to hike the AT. He was going to do it. So he retired. He sold everything, and he shows up down at the at uh, Springer Mountain, and he's Navy, so he's ultra prepared. He's got three of everything. He's got like a 65, 70 pound pack on his back, and he meets there at at Springer Mountain. The trail to Springer Mountain, he meets Scrapbook, who is at that time 21 years old. Now, Ginger Balls does not know, but Scrapbook is on his third long trail. He, he's going to become a triple crowner at the age of 21. And they meet up, they look at each other. Scrapbook sees Ginger Balls with a 70 pound pack. Ginger Balls sees Scrapbook with like a, a 12 pound pack. And they both look at each other and they think to themselves, oh, this guy's not going to make it. I mean, just one of the, one. It just right. such a funny moment 
Um, and I've talked to each of them on the, on the podcast and they actually went out and they hiked the AT together. And then later on, I think just last year, they hiked the long trail together up in Vermont, wow. but a couple of funny guys, both that, you know, kind of opposite ends of, right. you know, one's retired. One is, uh, you know, just in his early twenties and, uh, they are fast friends, but what a funny moment to be there at Springer mountain and each one of them thinking, oh, this guy's not going to make it. That's very true. I probably will have thought the same thing, but then again, I was oblivious. So maybe I wouldn't have, I would have been like, yeah, he's going to make it too. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. That's so funny. Nice. All right. It's the hiking pole. So now we come to the hiking pole and it's P O L L as in a survey, not P O L E like you, the kind you, you, you carry in your hands out there. I always make sure to point that out to my, to my guests because it shows just how clever I am. Um, I have a, <laughs> a buddy who always makes fun of me for over explaining that, but you know, I do it anyway. Um, I've got seven questions for you, Jolly. And these seven questions are going to help me rank you on the sanity scale with okay. one being completely insane and 100 being completely sane. Now you have to know right off the bat that anybody who's hiked a long trail, there's an automatic 20 point deduction. So your highest, your highest score is, is 80 at this point. Okay. All right. If I were to ask your, your, your friends or your family, what, what kind of, what kind of score would you give Jolly on a, a, a scale from one to a hundred on the sanity scale? Where, where do you think they place you? In in backpacking specifically, just in life, in life, in life. Uh, I don't know. I don't think that insane. Seventy. Seventy. Okay. I don't think that right. insane. Well, I guess it depends who we're talking to. My parents are very understanding. So. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. They're supportive. I mean, you said your dad was out there with you. Yeah, he did the whole thing with me. So oh, ever since that. then, he's been packing resupply boxes every time I'm on trail. And and now, uh, you know, giving me business advice as he started his own business when I was four years old, I think, too. So very supportive. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Seven questions. Since this is the first time I'm talking to you, uh, these are related to hiking. As I, as I have repeat okay. customers on, I will change the, the questions up to be maybe something non-hiking related just to explore <laughs> some other funny topics out there. But these will all be hiking related. Are you ready? I'm ready. Here we go. Okay. You've not you've not seen these questions. You have no idea what I'm going to ask. I have not. No. Okay. Are you nervous? I'm a little nervous. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But, you know, one of the, the things I tell myself for any kind of interview is I know all the right answers. You there do. You do. Okay. I, I just want your, your honest reaction. And then um, in addition to your answer, a little explanation is always, always good. That helps me kind of put okay. your answer in perspective. You may give me an answer I don't agree with, but maybe your explanation is is so rational that I, you know, I can't help, but just mark you down a few points. Okay. Okay. All right. Here we go. First question. Easy one. Trekking poles or no trekking poles out there? Trekking poles for sure. Well, I need them for my tent for one, but yeah, I've never you. I never pack them away either. They're always in my hand. Okay, and why is that? Oh, I don't know. I I feel I if I'm not hiking with poles in my hand, like if I go on a day hike and I don't bring poles, right? Because you feel a little silly, like having not having a backpack on, having poles. Uh, I'm always breaking stuff off branches and, and twigs and stuff, and like breaking them in my hands, like flicking them. I have to have something in my hands. Now, back in 2015, did you have poles with you? I did. Yeah, okay. yeah. They were crappy, but they made it the whole way. But they 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 lost the ability to retract. Uh. <laughs> so you, you were an early adopter with poles. You had poles right from the get-go in your hiking experience. Yep. Uh-huh. 
I know a lot of new hikers kind of fear the poles. They fear how they're going to look or how what people are going to think of them with these poles in their hands. Poles are the absolute best. The feeling of going downhill, flying with some poles and like pole vaulting over obstacles and down steps, that's an awesome feeling. And, uh, you know, besides that, poles definitely help. I mean, the the strain on your body and, uh, and the cool skill you learn of twirling trekking poles. I mean, come on magical absolutely magical so jolly in addition to having your own company being a an accomplished hiker you're also a pole vaulter that's that's great to know i am yeah 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 very you know not i'm not setting any records for height but uh downhill speed we might have a competition all right good answer question number two boots or trail runners or something else yeah trail runners trail runners yeah i started on some uh solomon uh well, the speed crosses or the, yeah, is that it? And I uh, love those. And that, then I kept moving through some Solomons and uh, yeah, like I, I feel very uncomfortable. My toes can't bend. It almost hurts that they can't bend. Yeah. Okay. So Solomon is the, the trail runner of choice. Yeah, but we might be breaking that. We'll see. We'll see what happens on the CDT. Oh, do you, do you want to share or, or is that a surprise? For oh, you? it's not like, it's not like a sponsorship. I'm just like, <clears throat> They discontinued the shoe I love, uh-huh. so now I'm, I'm lost. I'm in a sea of uncertainty, trying to look for a new footwear option. And Ultras, they they did me well for the. I had to switch them actually for the last. I hyperboxed some shoes to get me through the PCT, and uh, they felt they really did feel remarkable. But I need a little bit more support these days. You ever tried a Hoka? I have, I have. I I need what I need to do is try on a pair of like wide speed goats. Probably it. Okay. All right. When it comes to your shelter out there, question number three, tent, tarp, hammock, bivy, or hey, let's go cowboy camping. So uh, PCT was a lot of cowboy camping, but since then I uh, become a trekking pole tent user and uh, I really like it. Yeah. It's uh, the one I have now. It's pretty fast to set up and I really enjoy that. And the, the weight savings, I mean, as Jupiter once said, think of the weight savings. So. Right. And uh, would you prefer cowboy camping if the conditions were right? If it wasn't buggy, uh, is that the preferred or do you prefer the, the trekking point, the trekking uh, pole uh, tent? Yeah, it depends how many people are around. If I'm solo, I'm always in my tent. But if there's a big group of us and we're all hanging out and, uh, you know, trail familying along, then I'll, I'll cowboy camp. It's a comfort thing. Like, do I feel safe? For some reason, that thin wall, the tent makes me feel safer when I'm by myself. That's right. That thin wall, that thin, that, that you know, millimeter thick, uh, tent wall is going to save you for, from everything out there. It's just, I can't see it, so that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, what what uh, brand of trekking pole tent do you have? A Gossamer Gear. I have the two. The DCF, okay. the two. Yeah. All right. Now, inside that tent, this is question number four. Do you prefer a sleeping bag or a quilt? Quilt. quilt yeah i rock an enlightened light equipment 20 degree nice now did you always use the quilt or is that uh, something you switched up as you as you kind of learned out there yeah so 2015 at mummy synthetic and uh after that i attempted to start with like a 30 degree synthetic on the pct and that was miserable uh, i was too thin to block the wind and the desert's surprisingly windy and cold at night uh so i switched to a nemo um you know, they're well known for their, their Hornet tent, but mm-hmm. they also made a pretty good, uh, 30 degree, uh, quilt, but, uh, 
I don't know. It wasn't as warm as they probably stated. And, uh, but this is light equipment one. It, it's awesome. And, uh, the custom colors, I love that. But, uh, I also, I, I decided to go black shell on the outside and the speed at which it dries in the sun. I recommend a black sleeping bag to anybody. It's amazing. That's great advice. That's almost a pro tip right there. Be careful. Yeah, I know, but that's not my one. So we can okay. let that one what, slip what in. Is, what temperature is it rated to? It's a 20 degree, 20, 20 degree down. Got it. Yeah. And I like it. I like it a lot. Okay. I'm a quilt guy too. I, I'm a, nice. a side sleeper. I feel constricted in a sleeping bag. I found my way to quilts and, and uh, haven't looked back. Yeah, they have a little bit of a, a learning curve to them. You got to like, when you roll, like the arms automatically got to go kind of tucked behind you. Right. That was something I, and I, I just do that in my sleep now. Now people, you know, I talk to people about it in their first night and they're like, oh, it's drafty. Like, no, you just got to do the, the have a sleep roll, tuck, tuck the chicken wing arm behind you. Make sure you're tucked in. Got to build that muscle memory. Exactly. Exactly. When you're cold, you'll, you'll, uh, you'll build it pretty fast. Okay. Next question. Question number five. This is a question that a lot of people stumble on. So I don't want to, I don't want to alarm you, but this is an important question. Okay. Here we go. All right. Are you stove, cold soak or stoveless? Yeah. I kind of became a hybrid. I, I, uh, yeah. So I, I carried a, a cold soaking jar and I would cold soak lunch and then I would cook dinner, but I've always carried a stove. Um, there was only like a stint on the AT for like 300 miles. I went stoveless and we didn't cold soak anything. It was like did like meat and crackers for dinner. Uh, I, I didn't like that as much, but yeah, always hot meal for dinner. But yeah, cold soak uh, oatmeal for lunch, which really isn't cold soaking. You just like add it. Inst- it's pretty much instant oatmeal, right? So it's just, it's kind of like cereal and I really love cereal. So <laughs> I, uh, a little hybrid. All right. Uh, off, off topic. This is not a question on the, on the hiking pole. Just you brought up cereal. Does, does cereal qualify as a soup? Is cereal soup? You know, I think cereal soup. Yeah. Yeah. If by the definition of soup, it's liquid. It's got some got some stuff in it. Yeah. Unless soup needs a broth, which then it's not soup till the end when you have like the chocolate milk left over from your cocoa puffs or whatever. So okay. maybe it turns into soup. Wow. Okay. Mind blown. <laughs> All right. Question six. Is life better above or below the tree line? Above. I'd say above. Yeah. 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 The views. Yeah. Definitely above. There's something about that, that just that desolation that the high Alpine lakes with not a lot of trees around something gorgeous about that. It is really cool. And just to not have to worry about missing a view because the whole, it's all of you. Uh, I love that about, and then I grew up in Alabama and then we did the AT and really the AT doesn't have, you know, people talk the green tunnel, you don't have a ton of views. Then we did the PCT. Holy cow. I mean, for one, you can actually walk on the PCT, uh, but two, everything's a view. I mean, it's just every day, every moment. It's, it's amazing. Remarkable. All right. Hey, question number seven, what's more important pack weight or luxury items? Pack weight. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think you contest. say that being, being a seven pounder. So, yeah. All right. But I'm happy. I mean, I have, I have plenty. I even carried a, a Tinkara rod on the CDT. So I was fishing. Oh, really? Yeah. So I still have fun. Um, but 
I keep it light. I mean, those Tinkaras, though, it's like five ounces for the whole rig. It's uh, pretty amazing. All right. Let me take your your answers here. Let me run it through the algorithm that we use here on the podcast. I've got to do some math here. We're going to carry the two. going to going to uh, divide by pi, multiply by root of three. And we're going to adjust for the atmospheric pressure at the top of McAfee knob. And you come out with a solid 63. Okay. 63. How do you feel about that? I mean, I said 70, so uh, I feel pretty good about that. Kind of in the neighborhood, right? Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's uh let's back up a little bit before we get too far down the trail. Um, why don't you share with us your background, kind of where you grew up? Did you play sports and hobbies uh in high school? And how'd you get involved in the through hiking cult? Absolutely. The cult indeed. Once you once you get in, you can't leave. Um yeah, so I grew up in Alabama, and I lived there until I left in, in 2000, or yeah, 2018. I went to college and left, but uh, yeah, grew up in the same house with the same loving parents and, and two older siblings, and then uh, brothers yeah, or I, sisters? I, I, I have an older brother and, and one older sister. Yeah. Okay. And what, what do they think yeah. of your exploits on the trail? I, I definitely, they agree. I think they're very supportive also. And, uh, you know, they'll call me or, or Garmin text me uh, while I'm on trail. Yeah, very supportive, but they definitely don't want to do it. Like, uh, hey, you know, brother, do you want to join us in the AT? No, I'm okay here, you know. Um, so how does yeah, that happen? How does, how, does, how does one sibling out of three get the bug to, to be out there on trail doing these these crazy things out there for for months on end thousands of miles and the other two really don't have a, a big interest in it yeah i don't know um i i've always kind of been the more wild child i mean i, I moved away to go to college i you know, my siblings stayed home and nothing against them i i i see why why they love what they love and uh, I just, I didn't want to be, you know, I want to be different, right? I think the youngest kid, you kind of just want to stick things up and be a little different. Uh, but what what started it all was, uh, but I guess I was always into it. Like ninth grade, uh, we had like an outdoor club and I was rolling in kayaks and, and uh, you know, and, and camping and hiking and, and enjoyed that kind of stuff. But yeah, what really sparked it was... Uh, I was 18 years old, or I guess it was right before it was junior, like summer going into senior year of high school. And we're sitting there at the beach on vacation and we're bouncing in some waves on some boogie boards. And just to get a little bit down the water, there's this dad teaching their kid how to surf on a surfboard. And I was like, oh, very jokingly to my dad. And I was like, dang, dad, why aren't you cool like that and teaching me how to surf around these boogie boards? And, uh, Right there, he said, oh, well, you want to do something cool? Let's go hike the Appalachian Trail next summer. Yeah, it was kind of like dad, a dare. It was dad's idea. It was dad's idea. It was dad's dream. I had no idea what through hiking was. I mean, I lived in Alabama, so I kind of knew about, you know, the trail, but I didn't, like, know anything about it. I didn't research it. I was I was very busy with, with sports. You know, I, I did football and soccer, a little bit of wrestling, a little bit of basketball. So I was very busy in high school. Um but yeah, he's like, do you want, let's go do the AT. And I was like, I don't have to decide where I want to go to college next summer. Yeah, let's do it. And uh, I told him yes. It kind of, that was it, though, for that for the rest of the summer. We didn't really talk about it. And then I just Instagram was super, super young at that age, too. It was like 2014. 
Instagram wasn't really a thing, but I posted on Instagram. It was like, me and my dad are doing this thing next summer. And he calls me because I run it by him first that he calls me. He's like, oh, so you were serious. Like, you want to do this next summer? You just announced it. And I was like, absolutely. I'm all in. So that's what that's how I got started. And we started planning. And right, right after I graduated, we headed out there. That is fantastic. Tell me about your dad a little bit more. Did he? You said it was kind of a dream of his. Had he had any any backpacking experience prior to this, or had he just been thinking about this for a while? This will shock you. Um, my first backpacking trip ever was the Appalachian Trail. I had never slept from a backpack. I've never camped out with a backpack before. Uh, first time I was fully loaded was the day two of uh of the, the at yeah no he uh you know he'd done some like rock climbing uh when he was younger he had done some some things like that uh canoeing uh you know like i said we had done a lot of camping and stuff outside and hikes but yeah never backpacking and uh we're out there because i asked him the same thing like why but I, I didn't ask him before but while we're out there you know, it sucks. And uh, it rained on us day two. Day, we, we soboed for the first six days. Uh, our goal is to sobo the whole thing and we can get into the flip flop a little bit more. But uh, day one's Katahdin. Holy cow. It's insane. And your first day, you're like, yeah, I, I've done a lot of hiking. I can hike. And, uh, you know, you get up there and then there's rebar section. You're like, what the heck is this hiking? And I'm, I'm, you know, I just got done with soccer like a couple months before and I was actually training and I was like, yeah, I'm going to do stadiums cause I want to rock this trail, whatever. And, uh, you know, this athletic mindset and I was cramping at the top, but fast forwarding, I'm like, you know, day two, it rains on us in rain gear all day. We're in the, the tent that night, just getting rained on eating mashed potatoes out of a plastic bag. I put too much olive oil in my food. Cause I was like, yeah, olive oil, you're supposed to eat a lot of it. And, uh, put way too much tasted awful. And, morning of day three i'm like dad what are we doing out here why 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 are we doing this trail and uh he explained to me you know he's kind of like why am i out here too but he explained to me that you know when you have kids all your goals are now your kids goals so whatever your kids are goals are is like what you're fighting for as a father and he'd given up all this freedom and all this stuff so that way his kids could be successful and we were and uh, he'd gotten me to graduate and the other two to graduate. They're in college. And he wanted to do this thing to prove that he could still do something epic. And this was that thing. So that's what drove him out there. Um, you know, and I totally agree. And I'm glad that I got to be there with him and help him accomplish this, this amazing goal and prove that he is still epic after having three kids and then, uh, you know, having a career. He can still do hard stuff. Jolly, that is an epic story. I got chills just listening to you tell that story. That is fantastic. I love that. Yeah. It was a beautiful moment. I'd say that me and my dad didn't get along uh, before that. But at that moment, it was like, no, we're a team. And ever since then, we've been really good for, I'd say, friends uh, more than just father's side. Yeah. And you may be overestimating how how much you didn't get along because for a father to make the commitment to be on, on the, a 2,200-mile trail with his his 18 year old son. I have to, I have to feel like he liked you. Oh, I, you know, he absolutely did. I mean, <laughs> my dad went to every sporting event I was a, a part of, and I was a part of a lot. He was always there in the stands, you know, driving every, you know, weight games, home games, all this stuff. And he was super, yes, absolutely. But in my mind, I was like, dad doesn't understand me. 
you know, <laughs> as this teenage kid. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. So much of that story resonates with me because I'm also a father of three and my kids also played a lot of sports and I know about putting, putting everything else kind of on hold and devoting your entire life. Every weekend it seemed for about eight to 10 years was spent on the side of a, uh, a soccer field somewhere Absolutely. in Southern California or Nevada or, or Arizona. We were yeah, all over the that, place. And, that was us uh, too. Yeah. <laughs> my brother and my, myself played soccer all that time and, and uh, he coached us for a little bit. So, yeah, absolutely. And I loved every minute of it. But, you know, it, it takes up a lot of time. Everything else, everything else yeah. is on hold while you're, while you're going through that, that time period in your life, which was awesome. Right, right. And I, and I, I look forward to it myself to like those. It's got to be fulfilling. I mean, it's got to be fulfilling to sit there and be like, that's my son, you know. Um, so it's got to be. But I do see where he's coming from with uh, he didn't have any didn't have any options and i do i can see even now uh as i said i've had some some things happen uh health wise and i can already be like dang like at that age i want to do something hard you know i could see his his drive to to want to be physically fit again and and to do something hard okay hey we're gonna take a quick break when we come back we're gonna hear about the at uh that hike with your dad uh, we're going to talk about the PCT and CDT. And of course, we're going to talk about Jolly Gear. So stay tuned for that. We'll be right back. From the backcountry to the backyard, we believe everyone deserves the highest level of protection. Since 1984, Sawyer Products offers the best, most technologically advanced solutions for protection against sun, bugs, and water. Using time-released liposome technology, topical insect repellents, and new standards in water filtration. And with every Sawyer product you buy, you are helping to provide clean water through 140 charities in 80 countries with their long-lasting water filters. Every Sawyer product you buy is an investment in our common humanity. Choose Sawyer and keep the adventure going, knowing that their products have been tested and chosen by those who count on serious protection on the trail all day long. Six Moon Designs has been innovating ultralight backpacking gear for the past 20 years. With a wide range of products ranging from ultralight shelters to backpacks and accessories like their extensive line of trekking umbrellas, Six Moon Designs is sure to have a great piece of gear for your needs. With the company philosophy being that gear should aid one's experience, not define it, Six Moon Designs thinks the more time people spend outside the natural world, the better off this world will be. And remember, go wild, live young. This episode is sponsored by Jolly Gear. Are you tired of compromising between the ventilation of a button-down and the full protection of a sun hoodie? With the Triple Crown button-down, you can have the best of both. Plus, their fun standout patterns will have you the talk of the trail. Visit them at jollygear.com. Thru-hiker owned, Jolly Gear, where fun meets functional. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money, all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer, so no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. 
Then you can distribute your pod- podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I feel like my creativity has raised to another level. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. And welcome back. We're talking to Bennett Fisher, a.k.a. Jolly, and uh, heard about him growing up and his him getting out there with, with his dad on the AT. That was your very first hike was uh, was the AT. That's that's a big one to bite off right at the very beginning there. Yeah, very first backpacking over Appalachian Trail. It's kind of a funny, I want to like make a bumper sticker. Like I went backpacking once, the Appalachian Trail. You know, they, I think they have that one. Or I went on a hike once, and uh, but I want to be like, First time backpack, Appalachian Trail, you know, something like that. Before yeah. trademark it with with Jolly Gear. That's right, that's right. I do have an attorney now with Jolly Gear. Something I I would never thought I'd be saying. Well, you are big time. You you have an attorney. <laughs> well, you know, with uh, with patenting stuff and trademark yeah. stuff, that's a winding road that I did not want to try to go down by myself. Okay. Now, other than the first couple of days wondering what the heck you were doing out there, any any other type two fun out there with your dad? Any memorable moments? Oh, on the AT, it was pretty pretty cruising. I'd say my young body did very well on the AT. Um, ended up in a knee brace for a little bit. Uh, that was, there were there was one day it was along the gooses. There's like these little mountains called goose something or, or one goose, two goose, three goose. I don't know. Um, but I remember hobbling into that campsite and uh, my dad very lovingly asking everyone for advice about me because I'm like laying in the tent early and so he's like talking to someone and yeah, someone there was like a physical therapist or something. I was like, yeah. He should take this much ibuprofen and do this and this. He should get him a knee brace. And I was like, oh, nice. Thanks, Dad. Um, but yeah, AT, uh, other than that, I mean, Pennsylvania, I think, is just type two fun, regardless of if you're in good spirits, good health or not. Uh, that was rough. Oh, actually, that brought back a crazy memory. I got my heart broken on the AT. Do you want to dive into that? Oh, let's let's dive right into that heartbreak on the AT. And I also want to hear about why, why you had to flip-flop. Absolutely. Okay, let's so hear about heartbreak. the heartbreak. Heartbreak on the AT. I'm in Pennsylvania. That's what made me think of it. That's when it happened. Uh, in Pennsylvania, hardest state, I'd say, uh, mentally and physically, just with all the rocks, right? Rocksylvania. Um, my high school sweetheart, Golly. Uh, we were still dating while I was on trail. She was her, a her name was her name was Golly. No, I just like to say golly is like you say golly. Okay, that would have been interesting. It was it was golly and jolly, golly and jolly. No, 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 no. Uh, yeah, my high school sweetheart, she was a senior, so she was still in high school. I had just graduated and um, we sobered, right? So I'm still on trail while school started. Um, yeah, I'm in Pennsylvania and I get this voicemail that's like, hey, I have something to talk to you about. Call me. I'm like, okay, yeah. So I get service, of course, you know, service on trail and I call her. Hey, how's it going? What's up? And this is pretty funny because like all of it together, Pennsylvania. And then I get this phone call and she says, yeah, I just don't miss you anymore. And I'm like, what? What do you mean by that? 
Um, this might be type three, actually. And then it like big thunderstorm rolls in. And I'm trapped in a tent with my dad. It's raining, just pounding the tent. And I'm over here crying because this had my heart broken. Um, yeah, me and my dad got really close. But uh, yeah, I'd say that was probably the lowest moment on trail. I don't miss you anymore. That That's pretty harsh. That's pretty harsh, right? That's pretty, yeah. that like cuts deep. But yeah. uh, what are you going to do? I moved on. <laughs> All right. And hey, why the flip-flop? Yeah, so the flip-flop happened, uh, you know, I was a very young kid, like I said. Uh, very, you know, I got into a lot of sports. I was just coming off of exercising a lot. And my dad had had to get everything wrapped up at work and, and with uh, my mom and with the, around the house so we could be gone for this long and so he didn't really have a lot of time to exercise so um we're in the 100 mile wilderness you're carrying they say for a soba 10 days of food because it's gonna take you a long time right mm-hmm. so we got 10 days worth of food just you know full full pack um you know probably around 50 plus pounds right a lot of a lot of weight on your back to not have backpacked before and trained. Um, and we're in the hundred mile and yeah, day three comes around, we get to the the shelter and my dad just, we set the tent up. My dad just crawls in and passes, just goes to sleep. And, um, you know, I try, I, I'm down here talking to the other Sobos. How's it going? Just making friends. And they they're like, yeah, you should really get your dad to eat something. I was like, yeah, he just, nothing sounds good to him. They're like, just try and make like some ramen, get him to drink some broth or something. Okay, but he's he's out like a light. I mean, he's asleep. Uh, next day, you know, he just drinks a lot of water because he's like, I'm really thirsty. I'm gonna drink a lot of water, and I really doesn't want to eat anything still. It's like, okay. Um, on day four, five, we're at uh, we're at this lake, this lake campsite. Uh, it's beautiful, and uh, we get some service. But uh, my dad's kind of telling me now, hey, I'm not feeling very good. Uh, I think we might need to get off trail. And while I'm walking up to this campsite after he just tells me, this guy's on the phone. I'm like, what? We have service? That's crazy. So, I, you know, like, dad, we have service here. So he calls his cousin uh, who lives in New Hampshire. He comes, picks us up the next day. So we meet him at Joe Mary Road, which is a very, we remember that road very well. Uh, we sat there for many hours trying to get rescued. Uh, but yeah, my dad wound up. I think uh, what what's it called? You drink you're you're essentially you drink too much water, um, and you're dehydrated from too much water. So because he didn't eat any electrolytes at all, like he didn't okay. eat any food, so he didn't get any electrolytes. Um, he just drank a ton of water and washed right. the system out. And uh, yeah, so he's essentially dehydrated, I guess. And uh, yeah, so we got off trail, and he was not in good shape. for. We, we had to take seven days off. He also had some crazy blisters. His heel blisters were insane. So we took seven days off, got him feeling better, uh, and then we got dropped off at the New Jersey-New York border because uh, it's a little bit easier. The resupplies are a little bit easier as well, and we uh, we could we could eat deli food a lot more often. So Deli food's always good on the trail. That's right. Nice. Now, how long were you guys out there uh, all told to, to do the, the whole trail? 165 days. Okay. Like that's uh, what, five months? Yeah. I guess uh, five. five and a half, I think. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we're out there the whole time. And yeah, we, uh, New Jersey North, back to Joe May Road, and then New Jersey South the rest of the way. All right. And you finished the AT. And what, what, uh, what have you learned about yourself as an 18-year-old by finishing a 2,200-mile hike? 
Wow, can we cuss on this show or not? Uh, you know, if 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 the if the occasion warrants it, yes. Okay. Um, I feel like I was a good kid. You know, I definitely didn't get in trouble, and uh, your parents seemed to like me. But I think on the AT, I realized that I was an asshole. Uh, it was a big, you know, a lot of time spent in your mind. Uh, you know, a lot of time with yourself, like by yourself, thinking, and and you know, that first through hike. You know, I replay every moment I've had, you know, every choice I've made. People say that, right? Uh, but definitely, like, I relived every moment. I was like, man, I just wasn't that nice to people. I wish I would have been a lot nicer in high school and before, you know. And uh, that's kind of the, that was the takeaway lesson. Uh, that I just, yeah, I just want to be a lot nicer to people and, and be more genuine. Because on trail, everyone's so nice and so caring. And there's, trip, you know, the people who do trail matches are just wonderful people that just, uh, the goodness of their heart, they're giving us free food or, or free drinks. And, and then, you know, other hikers are creating a fire and they're like, come, come over here and, you know, warm up after this long day. And, you know, Hey, do you want, you know, I have this food. Do you want this food? And day hikers are, you know, funny enough. They're always in a, in a pair and the person's like, Oh my gosh, are you a through hiker? And then they turn to their partner and they're like, Hey, give them your food. It's always like, it's always not the person who recognizes you as a through hiker, but the other person that gives you their food. Uh, but yeah, just people are so great out there. And I realized that I, I could have been better. And uh, it was, it was a mental battle for a while of, of, uh, you know, kind of feeling bad about the way I acted towards people, but you know, what can you do but move on? Move yeah. One, one of the things that comes up uh, occasionally maybe more than occasionally is the transformative power of the trail and the kind of impact it has on people. It changes people's lives. Do you think this is an example of, of that? You, you know, a lot of uh, introspection and reflection and uh, uh, just the impact of the trail made you realize this? Absolutely. Yeah. All that time being alone with your thoughts, I think. Uh, and it was just that first time because PCT, CDT, I never had those moments. Um, so I guess that was the, the changing point where I, right. I like really dealt with it and, and dealt with my uh, how I felt towards myself. And and since then, yeah, I haven't really, you know, we just moved on and, uh, you know, tried, you know, we're better. And I uh, when I got home, you know, you kind of ask, yes, your loved ones, like, like my mom, and, you know, can you notice a difference, you know? she's like yeah i think you seem happier and kinder so yeah nice. i think it was a big turning point nice okay so that was 2015 the at uh when did you decide you know what i want to try the i want to try the pct yeah so wrapping up you know those last couple of weeks on the at i'm like i love this and i want to keep doing it uh i hadn't planned anything but i knew it was like you know from being on trail pct is the next step so yeah, I knew I wanted to, but I went home. I went to college. I did two years of community college. And I worked at a gear shop in Alabama, Alabama Outdoors, which is funny because Professor is the manager at Alabama Outdoors. So we had that connection there, but we didn't cross paths while we worked there at the same time. So pretty funny uh, connection with him. But yeah, um, it wasn't until I was about to graduate from like, my associates, right, two-year degree, mm -hmm. and my coworker, comes up to me he was he was done he did the at attempted the pct and he's like hey i'm doing the pct again i'm gonna reattempt it do you want to join me and it was a pretty easy yes so uh that was it it wasn't really a plan it was just yeah why not let's do it i'm in so pretty heavy pack on the at uh what what did you learn what did you change for your hike on the pct yeah i 
those that first AT pack had Chacos on it, had a, had an Eno hammock a, along with the 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 tent. Um, yeah, it's had so much stuff. Had a roll up foam pad, which is they're just so bulky. I can't believe uh, they still they sell those. That's crazy because for the similar price, you could buy the the Z the Z folding one. But uh, yeah, I learned. You know, just to, to cut a little ounces here. And, you know, I learned that I didn't use a lot of my stuff. And uh, my my partner uh, who asked me, hey, do you want to join me? He was pretty lightweight. And uh, he helped me shave quite a few ounces of just like, you know, I was using Walmart gear for the AT. I was using like a Walmart stuff sack. And, and after working at a gear shop, I kind of learned a little bit, right? And like could afford to, to, to invest a little bit more with those employee discounts. So... <laughs> Now the PCT has, I would think, uh, at least five different ecosystems, five different distinct ecosystems. You got the desert at the beginning. You've got the Sierras. You've got uh, different parts of Oregon and Washington. What 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 part did you enjoy the most on the PCT? What really stood out? Yeah, unpopular opinion. I love the desert. I enjoy the desert a lot. I've heard that from more people than I than I thought I would hear that from. You know, that, yeah, that it's, seems to me to be like, oh my gosh, that, that would be painful, I would think. But so many people swear by their experience in the desert. I think, you know, it's probably a lot of things, right? You're you're new to the trail, you know, you're meeting all these really cool people every single day. There's so many people out there in the desert because everyone's starting at a similar time. And, and but, I, you know, the sunsets in the desert are the best. I mean, just, just remarkable and I think maybe the reason I can say the sunsets are crazy in the desert is because we're actually awake to see them, which I feel like a lot of the time you're asleep right at sunset or right before. Uh, but the desert makes you shake up, you know, the way you hike. Uh, we had a super hot uh, summer in 17 when I was in the desert the first time. So it was wake up super early, hike till one, siesta, hike till nine or, or later. And I love that. I love that the weather shook up how we had to hike and we had to hike different and it really changed things up. And uh, I enjoyed that a lot. Okay. And when did you go, when were you in the Sierras in 2017? Do you remember the yeah. month? Yeah. Uh, started on the 6th of May, I believe the 5th and we oh, wow. 27 days for the desert. So a little bit later than most start for okay. the, the PCT, uh, 27 days for the desert to get to Kennedy Meadows. Uh, so yeah. So in there like beginning of June. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I was in the Sierras in 2017, but I was, I was a little bit later. I think I was uh, late July, early August. Yeah. That's that. You probably still had a ton of snow because yeah. that summer was crazy. 2017 we, was a, was a high, it was a high snow year. Very high. We, we did 300. So we, we did the desert in 27 days, like what? 700 miles in, in 27 days. Uh, and then we, it took us 30 days to do the next 300 miles. Because the snow was that bad. It was just insane, which I loved it. I mean, it really was amazing. But talk about some type two fun. Waking up, putting frozen shoes on, and then going to sleep with a, a nice uh, stream crossing right before bed. That's uh, oh, type two. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. Hey, did you partake in the Oregon Challenge? I did. Uh, yeah, when I got there in 18. So I did the whole thing again. Started in the desert again and, and did the whole thing in 18. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think we did it in like 12 days, something hours. Wow. Okay. Nice. So you did PCT in 2017, 2018. Any, any uh, moments out there where you thought, uh, 
I may not make it out of here. What's going on? Um, like I, I might have to quit or like, might have I want to quit. Just, this bear is yeah. going to eat me. Um, okay. Like the type three fun you were referring to. Yeah. So type three fun, uh, mostly came from 17. Uh, that, that Sierra section was just insane. We, I think we only touched dirt for maybe two miles of that 300 miles between, uh, Kennedy Meadows and Sonora. And we we're just on snow the rest of the time. It was, it was awesome. I'm from Alabama. I don't see snow. This is incredible for me and big mountains. What are these, you know, going up to the top of Whitney. That was awesome. But Whitney kind of was the start. That was the day where I was like, it was a miserable day. Epic and, and awesome to look back on. So maybe it's more type two, but, uh, I wake up and it's snowing on us. It's, you know, it's 15 degrees is what my thermometer said. It's snowing on us. We're sleeping on snow. It's, it's snowed overnight. We're waking up at like four 30 to go summit Whitney. Um, and we were doing the 17 mile out and back. So we're like right at the trail junction with the JMT PCT. So I think it was 17 miles out and back. And one guy has altitude sickness in my group. So he's like, I got a really bad headache. I can't go. One guy has some intestinal troubles and he was like my rock. I mean, that guy, uh, his name's lunch. He's, he's just incredible. Uh, I am this young kid still. I'm, uh, gosh, 20 years old. Yeah, I couldn't drink alcohol yet, so I was 20 years old. And um, lunch, as I think he was 40 at the time, and he was kicking our tail. He started the day after us, and he caught up to us, and he was just cruising. Um, and he was wearing Osprey pack, a lot bigger pack. Anyway, uh, he's a Jewish carpenter, and that's what I tell my mom because he's like Jesus. He's a Jewish carpenter. He's got my back. Like he can do this. Uh, but he was my rocket. He he was having intestinal problems, and. Uh, he couldn't lead the way because he was kind of like he's he's from New York. He he does uh, you know stuff in the Adirondacks in the winter. He's he's uh, summited Katahdin um, in the winter. He's he's summited uh, Washington in the winter, Franconia Ridge in the winter. His videos are crazy, uh, but I kept telling my mom like he's done all this. He you know it'll be fine. But uh, that morning he's sick. Uh, my other partner who's experienced he's also sick, and then the other guy is like it's snowing. We're not going to be able to find the trail. I'm not going. And I'm like, but I really want to go. I have my tent unzipped. I'm looking out there. The sunrise is coming over. The wind's blowing off the peak. And I got to go. So I'm like, hey, lunch, you know, are you, do you think I can go? Like, do you think I'll make it? Um, and then there's other guy there. His wife didn't want to go. But I, he, I forget where he's from. I want to say Denmark. But uh, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I forgot. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he and I went up there together. It was awesome. We got up there, not for sunrise, it was like 11 or something. Beautiful, absolutely a, a, just just incredible. Um, but I couldn't stay up there that long because my tongue started to tingle and I got a headache and I had no idea at the time, but that's like really bad signs of like altitude sickness, of like brain swelling. Um, so I was like, I got, but I knew I don't feel good. I FaceTimed my dad. I'm like, hey dad, I made it, look. And I was like, I gotta get down from here though. So I got down real quick, but my, my whole crew, the, the four the three other guys they've been sitting there i didn't get back to like three o'clock and they've just been sitting there like we're ready to hike and so i pack up my gear and i hike and we do a 25 mile day on ice on snow you know my day was total 25 and we end it with this with this uh you know ford of a river like it, the sunset it's dark you know, it's getting very dark and 
cross this river, soggy shoot. You, know, you step off snow into a river onto snow. It's not very pleasant. Um, and then we get to camp, and I'm ex- I'm just exhausted. Oh, I also fell. I like, had to self-arrest with my trekking pole because I didn't have an ice axe at the time. I fell down this really icy tree section because there's no switchbacks and it's ice. I fell. I self-arrest, like cut my hand up on the ice, and we get to camp, and I'm cooking dinner. And this is like it's such a weird thought because I never think like this right ever and I'm sitting there and I'm like just exhausted I'm like if you just leave your stove on without like if you if you shut the vestibule with your stove on doesn't that like it just end it all right here and I was you know I but of course I know it's dark but uh I don't know why I had that thought I was like gosh this is just I'm so tired um and then you had such a fun day that uh, <laughs> such a fun day which is, this is i am okay 100 percent okay and uh it was like a weird just tired uh moment of thought but uh they say you're not thriker until you crap your pants right like you're not you're not legit and uh, i'm sitting there eating dinner and i sneeze and something happens but we're so tired we just we just lay down we just go to sleep well, i'll deal with it tomorrow is what i said so we just Went to sleep, uh, summoned Forrester, and then dealt with it on the backside of Forrester, the first river uh, right there. And uh, there you go. That was my very most memorable rough day on trail. <laughs> Jolly, it's official. You're hiker trash. You you hiked, I, with crap, you, ha- you hiked with crap in your pants for like half a day. A long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A long time. And, uh, and the worst part was is like you – not, I mean, that was pretty awful, but it the, it gets a little, you know, it keeps going. It's not just that day's over. I mean, you still got to go and wear the clothes you have. And uh, I get to town in Lone Pine and very trashy hiker trash. And uh, I love it. I have a photo of it somewhere, but uh, I'm walking to the uh, laundromat in a towel and my trail runners. No shirt because everything's filthy. So everything needed to be washed, and uh, yeah, just went to went went and sat in lunch with the the Dow Villa Hotels towel on. I'm sure they loved that. <laughs> nice, good advertising. Now, are you familiar with Ibitat? Uh yes, I have. Uh, I've seen his photos come up. He has a very good eye for photography, and uh, yeah, he's he's really talented. But yeah. he has a definition of hiker trash. You you can't call yourself hiker trash until you have uh, spent the night in a bathroom. Okay. Now, whether that's a porta potty or a you know a, a, a you know a, a brick and mortar type bathroom, mm-hmm. that was his definition. I think we have a new definition tonight. Uh, there's an alternative <laughs> definition. Uh, another way you could become hiker trash is by crapping your pants and, and hiking in it for a while and just dealing with it. Yeah, deal with that it was later. Me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, so you got the the AT under your belt. You've done the PCT twice. One and a half. One and a half. One, one and a half. One and a half. But you, you've yeah. done it at least once, right? So mm-hmm. I think what has to be calling to you at this point would be the CDT to become a triple crowner. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, 2020 was my year. That's what I had planned. Through uh, Hagen kind of got, you know, the whole world got mm-hmm. thrown into a little bit of a situation. Uh, so I, I postponed from, uh, from 2020, uh, which is good. Financially, I, I really shouldn't have gone in 2020 so it worked out um 2021 i attempted i went for the through hike i went for the triple crown um 
and it was perfect. I mean, it was just too perfect of a uh, timing because Jogger was sit in the sampling process. So, um, 2020 in October, I got my first samples. So by the time I started my my Sobo through hike in June, uh, July, we had some like actual samples that were the final product. And uh, the shirt's called the Triple Crown Button Down, and I was gonna wear it on my Triple Crown to test it before we sold it to show that it's you know worthy of a of a through hike. And uh, it was too perfect, and it, it was too perfect because I ended up breaking my foot a little over halfway. Oh, so how'd you break yeah. your foot? Just a wrong step? Just overuse, I think. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was kind of a, it was a stress fracture. Well, what ended up being was an edema, edema, I think, uh, and mm -hmm. and uh, so it's like swelling in between, you know, your bones and the foot, and uh, all that fluid was in there. And the doctor essentially said, like, you're as close to a fracture as you could possibly be. It was a good choice to get off trail. And I'm still dealing with that. It's been over a year and I'm still trying to heal, heal that. And I was going to get on trail and continue my Sobo journey this September, uh, this past September. Like so that's when I got off trail and I was like, yeah, we're just going to, you know, it's not going to be a calendar. You know, it won't be in one calendar year, but it'll be when I got off. And I think that's pretty fitting. And, and now it's kind of like, okay, well, it's going to be next April. And then if I don't feel better by then, it's going to be next, you know, whatever. And uh, yeah, so I've, I've attempted, I got 1650, 1655, I think, miles in. I'm in Colorado on my Soba through Heck of the CDT, but yeah, the trail got me. Uh, it got so, me again, because it's got so me before, frustrating. it got me again. Yeah, so yeah. frustrating. Luckily, I've been through it once before on this, the PCT, uh -huh. so that was a lot harder. The PCT, I think, was a lot harder, um, but... So the CDT, I was kind of like, yeah, well, we've done this before. We know we can get back out there. Trail's not going to leave. And the people you meet, I just kind of think of it as, I mean, the trail families I had in 18 in the desert, I wouldn't have met those folks if I didn't get to go back out there. So we'll meet new people. It'll be super fun. The community is always there, always awesome. So there's always some cool people to meet on trail. So yeah, you're a, you're a, a silver linings kind of guy. Gotta be, gotta be. Can't get beat up too bad. All right. Now you mentioned Jolly Gear. Let's let's take uh, let's take a few minutes here and talk about the Jolly Gear story. What? Tell me tell me what is Jolly Gear, um, and and kind of the evolution of you know inception. You thought about it. You came up with this idea to where we are today. Absolutely. So Jolly Gear is the through hiking company where fun meets functional. You like that? That's my like little I like shark tank nice. voice. <laughs> yes. Um. So yeah, through hiking company where fun meets functional. So um, right now we have a button-down sun hoodie. So the original thought was, you know, I've done, you know, I've been, I've been gearing up for the PCT twice. I've had to pick different trail shirts and and peruse the aisles of outdoor stores and and scroll the internet for what is the best, you know, through hiking shirt for the desert and the PCT specifically because you're just so exposed. Like we were talking about earlier, there's there's not a lot of shade and there's a lot of views. But that means there's not a lot of shade on the on the PCT. So, uh, you know, AT wore a short sleeve T-shirt, it's an athletic shirt. And then I've been wearing Columbia button downs for my PCT shirts. But really, then you got to wear like a floppy hat. And I'm growing my hair out so you can see I have long hair. If you can't see, you're listening. I have long hair. It's below my five-inch beard. <laughs> so it's pretty long. Um, but I don't like sun hoodies because they kind of, you know, they create a fur collar around your head and your hair sticks out and it's super hot and not comfortable. And if you put your hair in a bun, you got this like 
unicorn horns sticking out or sticking to your hood and that that's not really cool looking um so yeah so there's kind of this you know or 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 do i pick a sun hoodie or a button down and uh i had that thought i chose button down every time but then i'm on trail and i see this guy uh he's rocking a cotton gardening shirt his mother's gardening shirt and it is a button down with the hood and I, and I was like, dang, that's super cool. Why aren't we doing this in a technical fabric? Um, so that was the thought. That was uh, Sierra City. Uh, it really happens, like mile 1200. Uh, it's kind of that thought in 2018. So I'd already, I'd been on trail a while. Uh, and yeah, it's kind of like, dang, that's really cool. I love that. Why aren't people doing this? Why is this not a company? Uh, that was the original thought. And I spent a lot of time on trail after that. Um, I, I knew I wanted to go to design school. So I already had this like kind of mentality of like, let's think outside the box. Let's, and this is from the AT, this mentality of, dang, there's so much cool gear. Like, let's, let, let's get into this. And so my college went towards like finding, you know, a degree in that. And, and at, in the PCT, I hadn't gone to college yet. I'd, I'd done the two years of communities, but I hadn't gone and gotten a you know, bachelor's yet. So, uh, you know, just dreaming, dreaming, dreaming. Like, what if we do this? What if we do this? How can we make the sleeves different? Whatever. And um, that was the inception. So 2018 was like the birth of the idea, you know, seeing this guy rocking this shirt. Um, and then, you know, time moves on. I uh, finished the PCT and I finished on the 15th. I go travel to vancouver to seattle 16 fly home 17 go to a wedding a week later i'm in college in utah so from from uh washington to alabama to utah and i'm in school and we got to take sewing classes so that's like the program i'm in it's got out, called outdoor product design it is at utah state university um and you gotta take sewing you gotta take sewing one you gotta take sewing two sewing one is just like can you stitch a straight line He's sewing a button, but uh, sewing two, our final project was you got to either sew two button downs or a lined jacket. So I was like, oh, this is perfect. This is a perfect opportunity to bring this idea to life. And, uh, you know, at this point, it wasn't a company. It wasn't anything. It was just, I want a personal shirt for myself. And uh, let me take a second. Let me, I can show it to you. Well, you guys, here. you guys have to tune in on YouTube. See, <laughs> you this, do if this, you want to see demonstration right here. So this is the original hand sewn by me prototype of the the triple crown button down. So you can see it's pretty simple. Um, it's got the the hair hole though. I did add that because, as I said, you can't have the the fur collar of your hair. But there you go. So I I had to sew this as a school project. But uh, that was it. You know. 2019, right for Christmas, I had the sewing final. I sewed that sample up and or prototype up, and you know, cool. I have one for myself. That's awesome. I wore it on a backpacking trip in March, and yeah, I was I was very happy. Um, but that uh, that uh, spring semester, we also had to create a fake brand for one of my finals. So this is kind of a capstone of college. Um, was this fake brand? So uh, I originally called this fake brand True to the Through. That was the original. So there you go, a little, little inside knowledge of uh, True to the Through. I owned the Instagram handle at one time and, uh, <laughs> and everything. I was pretty serious about it. But um, the more and more I talked about this fake brand with my mom, <laughs> she's like, yeah, but, but your trail name's so good. You know, what about Jolly Gear? Like, Jolly Gear's so cute. And uh, so while I'm working on the logo, which I wanted to be a beard, 
uh, which you can see uh, if you're tuning in. You can see yep. the beard logo. That's also a pine cone. Um, I was like, so beard, like beards are synonymous with thru-hacking, I think, because, you know, everyone kind of grows their hair out, whatever hair you have. It doesn't matter. Um, you know, and so I thought like a beard is a good way to symbolize that. And uh, and then the pine cone because we're out in nature. And so that kind of tie in between the two. And it's kind of like, you know, I kind of played with instead of having eyebrows, I put the words true to the through and I didn't like it. And then we did Jolly Gear with the eyebrows. So, uh, yeah, Jolly Gear uh, was born and, and it turned out to be perfect because it was also the question of why do all of our sun apparel have to be these solid blues, navies, khakis, grays, whites? Why? Why do we do that? On the PCT, you know, it's a big thing. And I think in through hiking in general, you want to, you know, be unique and, and, you know, show your true colors. And, and uh, I was talking to Twerk. Uh, I don't know if you know Tommy Corey. He does uh, Hiker Trash Vogue. Uh, yeah, very he talented. Was, you, you can listen to his episode. We I talked to him uh, just How uh, about that? a few weeks ago. Yep. That's perfect. So I was talking to him uh, at one time, and he said that, uh, and it's so true, but the place you can be most yourself, that you're comfortable with yourself, no matter where you're from, how comfortable you are with your friends, you can feel the most you on trail. And I feel like that kind of comes out in a lot of ways, but in one way, it's thrift shop fashion. People on the PCT especially love to go shop for a Hawaiian shirt on trail and rock it. And I did that. It's so uncomfortable. I lasted like one resupply and my cotton shirt was just miserable. I went back to synthetic immediately. Uh, but, you know, why do we have to choose? So for this fake project I'm doing, this fake company, I was, I was like, let's do fun patterns. And jokingly i think in those drawings actually the sleeves were patterned um so so the sleeves were, were supposed to be you know patterned all the way to the to the cuff um yeah the fake fake class project wow. that kind of set everything up for the company uh and then the pandemic hits and uh let me know if you have any questions because i i can roll through this yeah, i just uh, want to i just want to break in just for a second here and, and yeah. let you know that I love this story of it's your dad who got you out there and yeah. it's your mom at the other end, your mom yeah. at the other end of this, this journey to this company that came up with Jolly Gear as the the title yeah. of the company. It, it's a nice, it's, it's a nice bookend kind of story there. And I know that so many people are out on the trail trying to fix things, right? A lot, there's a lot of broken yeah. people. I think we're all broken in some way, shape, or form. But a lot of people are out on the trail trying to work on something and trying to fix it. And you come from this nice, wholesome background. Your dad is the one who got you out there. Your mom is helping you form this company. It's just a it's a feel-good story all the way around. It's uh it really it all works out, you know, and and that's why I used to tell myself on the AT just I'm just going to keep walking. You know, people would ask us what if questions. What if a bear? What if your food? What if a mouse? I'm just going to keep walking. What if a storm? I'm just going to keep walking. And that's kind of, you know, how we've done this so far. My uh, best business advice that I've given someone else that when I said it out loud, I realized I need to take it myself is when you're starting a business, um, don't get caught up on the little things. You know, what kind of zipper pull do we use? What kind of, do we do snaps or buttons? Um, Cause those questions can drive you mad and help and like not make you confident. But my best advice is to just choose the thing for a reason. I'm doing buttons instead of snaps because in my mind, a button can be repaired and a snap can't. 
and then choose that. Don't look back. Keep going forward because those questions can really, you know, throw a wrench in, in your ideas. And you can sit for two weeks on an email from your manufacturer and, and two weeks of wasted time where you could have had samples and you're just like, I don't know if we should do zippers or, or whatever. So that's my best advice for, for businesses. Again, just keep walking, like keep nice. going forward. Something very important just happened, Jolly, and I'm not sure you realize it, but I'm always I'm always on the lookout during an episode for the title of the episode. Oh. Something inevitably always comes up, oh. and it is is just gold. And uh, you said it right there. I think this this episode is going to be titled "Keep Going Forward." Yep, it's important. It yeah. is, and it's with a through hike, with life, with a business. Keep going forward. Absolutely. Lots of layers there. Lots of layers. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Hey, and I'm so, excited. I'm excited to announce. And you know, if you're if you're listening right now, you're already aware of this because you've heard the the uh, the mid episode roll uh, that Jolly Gear is an official sponsor of the John Freaking Mirpod. I am I am very excited to be associated with your brand, Jolly. Thank you so much. Absolutely. So glad you reached out and uh, that some some hikers brought up Jolly Gear in the past and. Uh, just so, so excited. My first sponsored podcast, my first, uh, incredible. I mean, to think you start a business and you don't think, you know, as a 18 year old doing an AT that this could happen. So thank you so much for the opportunity. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Hey, uh, Jolly, you know where we are? Oh, I, well, where are we? Are we the question uh, the, my advice, the advice point? The pro tip insight of the week. Man, you are good. You are good. Yes, that's right, Jolly. We're at the pro tip insight of the week where you get to share some trail wisdom with our listeners. What do you have for us? Okay. So this came to me. I was at Pinhoti Fest what, three weekends ago now, and there was a, a through hike uh, hopeful asking some questions. And my advice after listening to my dad give a lot of really good advice, like legit advice. My advice is very useful but you might think what did he just say here it is when you get into town after a long set stretch of trail and you are in the shower wash your feet first because those suckers get real slippery and i've fallen way too many times in the shower in town so that is my advice wash your feet first so you don't slip around that is a bit of advice we've never heard here on the uh, on the John Freaking Mirror Pod. That's that's sound advice. That's excellent. Thank you, thank you. Someone was overhearing me say that. Who's also a, a, a through hiker, accomplished through hiker, said just put a towel down. So you could do that instead and just stand on a soggy towel. So that uh, I've never thought that far into it, but uh, very good advice there also. Okay. So there you have it. That's it. This episode is just about in the books. I hope our listeners enjoyed our time with Jolly. I want to thank him for joining us this week. Jolly, how can our listeners keep up with you on social media and where can they find updates on your latest adventures? Absolutely. So you can find me at Jolly Gear on Instagram. Uh, it's Jolly Gear with two R's. And then also on our website, uh, it's jollygear.com. Okay. Remember to check out the pod on social media as well. We are on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. No, uh, no Jolly Gear TikTok yet. You know there is one. I don't like TikTok. I don't know. I I, I love TikTok. I love watching. You know, on Reels or Shorts, whatever platform you're on. Uh, I love consuming them. But uh, yeah, I haven't made them yet. 
but uh, maybe I should. Yeah, we'll see. Also, if you have comments or clips you want to share, you can send them to me at johnfreakingmirror at gmail.com. The Adventure Media Recommendation. Jolly, I'm also looking to you to share a recommendation for a book, a movie, documentary, some sort of uh, adventure media that keeps our listeners connected to the trail. We're calling this our Adventure Media Recommendation. What do you have for us? It can be anything. It could be another podcast. Is that okay? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we're it's not so much a competition in the outdoor podcast industry. Nobody's making a, a million okay. dollars out here. So feel free to, to share if you've got another one out there too. This is an expired one. I, they don't make content anymore. And it real it was just so fun to listen to when I was like mowing grass, getting ready to hike uh the PCT. That's uh, called Sounds of the Trail. I don't know if you've heard that one. I have not heard that one. No. Yeah, I think their last episode was 2018 or maybe it's 2017. Uh, so kind of way back there. Hopefully they saw their their episodes online. But uh, a few friends uh, are on that podcast that uh, I ended up meeting after the fact. Um, someone I actually did the AT with didn't know he was on this podcast. And then I listened to this podcast and was like, hold on a sec. That's Rockfish. So uh, pretty cool little connection there. I think that's why I... Uh, I love it, but uh, yeah, it was a it was a fun little little podcast, a good memory uh, to have to just that time to that right. I consumed so much of it at one point. We'll have to check that out. What a great title for the podcast too, "The Sounds of the Trail." Yeah, it was pretty. It was good. It was good, but uh, not as good as this podcast. Come on, come on. Out of boy sponsor, thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. What have we not asked you? All right, Jolly, before we wrap things up, I've got just one more segment for you called What Have I Not Asked You That You're Dying to Tell Us About? Ooh, mm, I don't know. Oh, we kind of know. We know everything. Uh, what have we not asked? What my favorite food is on trail? No, I mean, that's a, that's a very common question. <laughs> um, I don't know. What are we coming out with in the future? How about that? Uh, Jolly Gear. What are we working on? Yes, let's hear an exclusive right now. What, do you, what okay, are you working on? Yeah, so uh, some secrets. Uh, we have short sleeves now. You saw that. We have arm sleeves. Uh, we've seen those now. We have this hat coming out in February. That's pretty exciting. That's the timeline I've heard is February. Hopefully, fingers crossed, we're in uh, in February. But um, I'll say, you know, I let some of the slide on the last podcast I was on. Uh, that were, you know, I said short sleeves, but now we're here. Uh, shorts. Shorts are in the work. Uh matching shorts we'll see we'll see there might be something else coming out a little bit before that but uh shorts uh i have a sample so we're, we're, at, we're at that stage wow pattern shorts to go with the pattern shirts i mean that's a that's a whole look right there yeah the romper look it's going to be possible here but uh who knows when who knows when that'll come out but it's uh in the works hey are you familiar with legend Jeff yes, Garmeyer. absolutely. Yeah, I actually met him at Pinhoti Fest. It was nice. my first time meeting him. Really cool. Really cool. Yeah, he 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 is an excellent candidate for Jolly Gear. He 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 wears some interesting uh, uh, looking things yes. out there. I think he would fit right in with the Jolly Gear brand. Yes, I need to come out with a tiger shirt to meet a standard. Tiger shirt. Yes, that's right. I can. Uh, yeah, hopefully in the future we can get him in one of our one of our shirts or shorts. Yeah. Did you hear about his FKT? Yeah, I mean, which one, right? The man holds so many. Or, yeah, uh, you know, at one most time. recent, the uh, the JMT, seventy two right. hours and forty seven minutes. Crazy, absolutely That's unbelievable, insane. unbelievable. It's just and his his content on social media is wild. 
the the Crocs 5Ks and such, and yeah. the 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 bathrobe and the the he's an interesting guy. <laughs> you want to hear the the coolest thing I think there is about uh, Jeff Garmeyer, legend, is that he uh-huh. is a substitute teacher. Really, I did not know that. <laughs> and I asked him. I said, "Do do your students that you're substituting for? I mean, do they realize?" who they've got in front of them. I mean, do they know that this is, this is legend? He says, sometimes right. the kids figured out the adults have no idea, you know, the, wow. the administrators and other teachers, they, they don't know, but the kids sometimes figure it out and just go wild. So that that's, is that's pretty cool. hilarious. I mean, that, <laughs> that's an impactful substitute right there. I'd say that's one of the impacts in my life was a ninth grade biology teacher who, uh, he was awesome and, and very outdoorsy that, that probably influenced me a little bit to, to, to get to the outdoors. Nice. All right. Hey, that's a wrap from the John Freaking Mirror Studio. Any shout outs to friends and family, Jolly? Oh, thank you so much to the customers. I mean, without the community, the Jolly crew, I mean, this wouldn't be possible. So thank you all so much. Mom, Dad, you got a lot of love in here, but uh, thanks so much for everything. Okay. Well, thank you for tuning in. Always remember the trail is the trail. It doesn't care if you want to go downhill. It doesn't care if it's almost dark and you're looking for a campsite. It doesn't even care if you crapped your pants the night before and are just now cleaning it up. The trail is the trail. Embrace the suck. I'm Will Cooper, and you're listening to HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast on the Waypoint Podcast Network. Stick around as I bring you more stories and interviews from veteran hunters and industry professionals who inspire us all to be better equipped in the woods and in life. One of the most legendary shows in the outdoors is on Waypoint TV. Don't miss Primo's Truth About Hunting, Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.